This is uh, the Brooklyn Bla- the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. This is the final volume of the isolation sessions because I started doing this. I started doing this. Sean was on. I think he was volume three. Sean, right. um, I started doing this once the world went crazy with this pandemic and everything, and I couldn't meet face to face with anybody. So Billy from right. Biohazard was like, yo, let's do like a video thing. And he kind of coined the phrase, quote, like the isolation sessions. I was like, all right, so it's stuck. But now, there you go. for now, things are starting to open up again. So I figure, all right, I'm just not going to call it the isolation sessions. And after you, I'm going back to my numbered episodes, which technically you would be episode 172 of my All right. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, uh... I said to you before, and yeah, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I don't care. I said to you right before I started recording that my 15-year-old self is fanboying out right now. Um, this is really cool for me. Um, and I'll do the same thing that I did with Sean. My, my, uh, my introduction to violence was this VHS tape right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I even have it in plastic protective case. <laughs> Yeah, so that was like my introduction, and I've been wrapped up ever since. I've been following you guys ever since. All right. The ups and downs, the other bands and everything. So enough of me babbling. What's up, brother? Man, it's, it's, you know, we're we're locked in, kind of. But we're, uh, I've been super busy doing a lot of recording, getting to, I'm sitting at my rig right here, and I've got, uh, I've been doing these collaba jams, I'm calling them. Okay. And I've reached out to other uh, other musician buddies of mine and stuff, and I said, "Hey, I just you know started off with uh, me and my wife. I've got a cover band in town, so I was like, oh, these blares, it's happening.' So me and my my high school buddies go back to 1982, 83. All my dudes that I listened to Priest and first Def Leppard record, and we played all these covers, you know. And uh, there was a high school reunion. Unfortunately, one of our uh, uh, our classmates, a buddy of ours, was a uh, was a police officer, and he got just murdered in cold blood. So there's a big uh, coming together of our of our high school class. We did a big reunion, and we got everybody together. The band was back together, and we did a bunch of covers. Man, we did Bon Jovi, and we did you know we did Prince. We played Purple Rain, you know. And, and listen, uh, Purple Rain. Listen, I'm not mad at Prince at all, man. I love Prince. Yeah, so I'm we, not scared to say that or admit that. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So we we've been getting together every six months or so and just throwing a party at a at a local dive bar and we just pack the place out. We just play these Journey and ACDC and Black Sabbath songs and sing-alongs and Aldo Nova, you know, just all the all the sing-alongs that you can think of. We're playing them. And uh, so me and my wife wanted to play this Allison Chain song called No Excuses, and uh, we recorded it and I got the rig here and I just started learning how to use the Pro Tools and uh, reached out to some friends, had McLean play drums on it, my buddy Eric from Shinedown uh, played bass on it. And so then a couple of days later, I was sitting here in Bad Reputation by Thin Lizzy. It's just like, fuck, we should do this. And I reached out to sure. <laughs> and, and uh, Mike Ines from House of Change played bass on it. And I just, you know, I know Lizzie decent enough to ask her and say, hey, you want to Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm to if you yeah. want to sing on and she was awesome and, and kicked ass and so these things have just kind of grown and you know so I've been doing a series of these and uh doing just did one with Billy Sheehan and Jeff Scott Soto and I don't want to say awesome. what it's been I've been really honing my recording skills and uh so also just writing riffs too and me and McLean have written some originals with uh, Dave Ellison and Brandon bleeding through. Nice. So we've 
nothing that's going on. Violence just signed a deal. We're going to do an EP. Oh, man. That that was like fucking so... The, the news was awesome that you guys got signed. Yeah. Metal Blade and this whole Crazy. thing. Oh, man. I never thought I'd see the day. And I kicked myself in the ass, but I think that you'll give me a little bit of a pass because when you guys played Brooklyn... Two nights. Two nights, I kicked myself in the ass because I was not there. One uh, yeah. night, I think one night I had my daughter and I couldn't go and I had tickets to the final right. ever Slayer show at right. the Garden. I was there. The Slayer show. I, w- I went over and visited for about a half an hour or about an hour before we played. Yeah. Went over, said hello, then came back. And I did it, man. I did it. How many times? Uh, but I'm still back? so fucking mad at myself, man. Yeah, they were good. Those Brooklyn shows were ridiculous. They were I'm, awesome. I'm sure. And hopefully when the world goes back to somewhat normal, whatever that might look like, and you guys pass through again, I'll be in the middle with a shit-eating grin on my face 100% yeah. no matter what. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. we'll definitely figure I, it out. I put a record out with uh, with Mike Portnoy and Bobby Yes. Gillis, Mark and... Mark Mangy, Mike Portnoy, Mark Mangy, yeah. It's called BPMD. Yeah. It's called American Made. It's all all 70s uh, covers, 70s American bands released in the 70s. And and that came out, and people love it, man. I was like, it's it's fucking great. It came out really good. Yeah. Who does does covers of like, I mean, some of them are like super deep cuts, obscure 70s rock songs. Who does so, that? Nobody yeah. does that. People dug it. People dug it. And even like, the, like Wayne, like Wayne Dang and Toys came across pretty good. And uh, the Van Halen song came across really well. Beard Rinkers was cool. And yeah. so that was a lot of fun. It, it was, it didn't take, we're not a band. We're four dudes who got together one day at Fort Noise, recorded his tracks. I did my tracks and, you know, solos in a day, rhythms in a day. Uh, and so it's thrown together pretty quick. Yeah. And it's got a great vibe, though. You know, it's got a killer does, vibe to man. it. Super excited that, that that was that well-received. Yeah. Are you, are you going to, just to, to piggyback on what you said before about doing all these, like, sing-along jams and stuff like that, are you going to wind up possibly, like, collaborating, just putting out, like, another sort of a cover record like that? I, you know, I, in these times, you know, I'm having a hard time kind of like, you know, everybody's on a timeout, really. So it's it's hard for me to put out the tip jar and go, hey, you know, buy my stuff while people aren't working too. And, you know, right. it's like, this is my way. I've got idle time. I'm We're doing okay. We're going to be all right. You know, it's like, take a time out. This is what I can do, you know, to kind of fill that void and not ask for money for it or whatever. And yeah, um, that's just my take on it. I would just, you know... Uh, and there's a lot of red tape when you do covers and a lot of other, all the other artists that we're dealing with, some of them put profile and they're like, well, the record label's going to want their cut or, you know, it's just like, look, we're not even monetizing the videos. This is just free content. This is just fun, you know, for people to enjoy and experience. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Really random people, you know, Graham Bonnet, Graham Bonnet was on one, uh, I who else? Who's on this one? Uh Rudy Sarzo's on one that I'm doing now. And nice. uh, play with some amazing players, man. Did, did, Sh- did Sebastian Bach get back to you? Because I saw you uh, tweet. <laughs> we we've spoke. We have spoke. Yeah. So that's nice. that's that is not I have not sealed the deal. Okay. That, that's like that's one that's in the works that's a couple weeks down. So it's it's not even really serious time we're just talking right now so yeah. uh, i think he's interested yeah i think he's interested that's pretty cool yeah i, mean, I saw that obviously this is the first time i'm hearing about this i was on your twitter account i was like got something up his sleeve i got an idea for you i'm like oh shit all right so i was just curious about that i want i mean sebastian was the first name and that's when i when i think of these songs i'm trying to think of damn who would who would fill who is the perfect spot for that like i did falling off the edge of the world which is an old black sabbath song off the mob rules and i got this guy dino jelosic who's this croatian just amazing singer man he sounds he he's like nails dio and ray gillen and uh 
uh, Coverdale, you know, he's just got this sweet voice and he nailed the deal on that. And I got Steve DiGiorgio from Testament playing the bass on that. And, uh, Dirk from Megadeth played drums, you know? So it's like all these people kind of coming together and like having this, this pretty rad time. Yeah. I mean, pretty Jesus cool. Christ. I mean, you have so many, I mean, you've been around forever and coming from where you <laughs> came from in that era and all these bands, it's like, you can just like pluck out basically whoever you want, man. It's fucking awesome. It's been really cool. And the response and everybody's seeing that it's, it's pretty quality. The recordings are, are really cool and people are, you know, donating their time. And, and uh, I've only pretty much everybody I asked if they had the capability to record, then they're doing it. Um, I did police truck, which is a dead Kennedy song. I did. Oh, it I, I love the dead Kennedys, man. So Zet from Exodus sang it. I got uh, Matt from Rancid to play bass. And yeah, Dave I was on the, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. People are excited just to be involved. And uh, I've done some of the recording here. My, I've got, uh, I'm sitting in my studio right here. I got the keyboard set up for my wife right now. We're doing this pretty rad, uh, pretty rad too. I'll tell you what it is now, but there's like nine guitar tracks on it. This is, this is one of the songs that I want to get pretty good. Some of them I just kind of blaze through and, uh, like I did one with, uh, Phil Buckman, who plays in Filter, or he wasn't Filter, he's in Fuel now. Uh, Lucas Rossi, who was on that uh, Rockstar Supernova, he won that competition. And uh, goddamn, who played drums on that? Oh, Brian Chichi played drums on that. Okay. We did a Muse song. And that was one that I kind of almost won past all the way through and kind of felt a good vibe from that. But this one, this is from my favorite guitar player. It's, it's like a masterpiece of a song, and there's all kinds of layers, and I just want this one to Who's be Who's your yeah. favorite guitar player? Randy Rhodes, man. Randy of Rhodes. course. Yeah. Check out the tech. Nice. There you go. You have the guitar. You have the polka dot guitar. Yeah. I know. Yeah, man. So this is this is a tune that I want to. I've been wanting to do for a while. It's got a cool piano solo in it, and the wife has just nailed the piano solo. And uh, so pretty excited about it. I'm not gonna play it for you, so. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> you already showed me. I've actually seen the inside of that room before when you go live and all that stuff. Oh, right on. There you go. Yeah, you're playing your guitar in the middle of the house. Like people are re requesting riffs and shit. I think I did too. <laughs> right, right. Like, play the beginning of my profit. And there you go. Right. Like fucking awesome. Some of them I know. Some of them I don't. I could think it. I could think it's good. Well, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know all the violent stuff, like the back of your hand, don't you? Pretty much. I mean, pretty. Much. Some yeah. of the deeper cuts that we haven't like played in any of the reunions that would be, you know, kind of a chore. The the third record probably not as easy because we never play those songs. And I know. Are you a fan of Not in the Game? I like parts of it. It was a, you know, it was such a weird time for us. We were spoiled metal brats that you know, <laughs> right. we're we're taking everything for granted. Uh, There's a lot of. A lot of attitudes in the band and yeah i kind of took backseat to a lot of the writing like i i pretty much wrote the first record second uh -huh. record mostly me and rob third record was you know i want to say everybody got their hands into it you know even writing lyrics the first couple were just sean but this this record everybody was writing lyrics and it was just a weird writing for you know you listen to the record you could just see that we were just selling out yeah. and just you know, trying to be something that we weren't and, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. There's parts I, I, that were I, I, I like the record. It's not my favorite. I mean, I don't know. Gun to my head, obvious. I, I I'm gonna I don't know, man. I can't even say. I can't I can't even say. I mean, fucking oppressing the masses is like a fucking masterpiece to me. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's also because I, I I found you guys in like 89, but obviously you guys were already a band. And this is the time where there's no internet. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm, a, you know, right, right. I'm a young kid and there's tape trading and all this stuff. And then there's no, I mean, at the time, World of the World obviously wasn't even on Eternal Nightmare. So there was no video to go by like on MTV, you know? So, so Oppressing the Masses for me came out like right after like I was first turned on to you guys. So that was like, it's the nostalgic aspect to it as well. You know what sure. I mean? So yeah, I but calling in the car note was my, 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 you know, that was what was featured on this VHS tape. And yeah, I'm like, right. Jesus Christ, who the fuck is this? You know, who is this? And then I went out and I got to turn a nightmare. Then right after that, I'm pressing the masses drop. But 
I mean, from there on, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, I want these guys, like, like, why aren't these guys, like, fucking Metallica big? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wanted that for you guys so bad, you know? We don't have dynamics, man. We're just straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, bro. I <laughs> love that, though. Just raw. That's the difference between the two records is Eternal I wrote when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And Oppressive, those are songs that were, you know, 22, 21, 22, 23 years old. So it's, it's a lot of difference. Yeah, so uh, crazy, just like. But now that you know, I think that I don't know if the world was ready for a band like us back then. You know, we're pretty extreme. Sean's vocal style is pretty distinct, and people weren't used to. They were, they were, metal wanted some sort of melody and some sort of singing ability at that time. And Sean is a Barker. You know, he's a. I love it. That's I love it. People have said like some people like like friends of mine who are into metal and hardcore and punk and all this stuff. It's like, I'd be like, yo, violence. And they're like, ah, I don't like the singer. I'm like, but that's what I love about it. It's right. like, it's, nobody sounds like Sean. Right, for sure. That's why it's fucking so distinct. And it's, it's over here. It's separate from so many other bands. Yeah. You know, and I like that. that. That after so many years of people used to these extreme uh, vocal styles and like, I mean, Lamb of God, there's no, you know, I mean, Randy's singing a little bit now, but they're used to having these, you know, uh, kind of non-melodic uh, vocal styles and they're, you know, I think now's the time that I, we've been writing some stuff and we just did a, uh, we recorded a cover and we did a video for a song that we're going to, we're putting together um, probably really, I don't know when it's going to happen but it's, it's we did a recording, Christian came up, because Christian's in the band now, Christian Old Wolvers from, from Fear Factory and your boy Billy, you know, from Powerflow and uh <laughs> So he came up and uh, did a lot of work for us, man. Christian really, really did a great job on this uh, this song that we did, and you know, produced it and and had it had it mixed and mastered, and uh, it came out really good. To where it, it feels like there's something really special, you know. It's like John's vocals are killer. Like the tunes are uh, there's this crazy, you know, with uh, Sean and Perry. There's this crazy like energy like sean isn't like this trained musician i mean he's got musical like a musical ear like can hear stuff but he's so has these ideas from this outside of the the, the, the box yeah. realm and perry has this unbridled adhd <laughs> you know it's he's the weasel from you know from yeah. the, the looney tunes like the cartoon yes i have it in my head so he's just like all over the place and you try to we try to capture this, you know, I say it all the time, but capture this lightning in a bottle to where it's just like fucking, it's really fucking special and cool. And um, after, you know, being in such a structured bubble for so long, you know, coming into this, you know, eye of this tornado and watching all this other shit go on, it's really, uh, it's different and it's, it's inspiring. And uh, I'm writing riffs that are way, above my playing ability right well not as much now because i've been practicing them but you know i've kind of set that bar pretty high so it's like there's a yeah. lot of a lot of you know i want this thing to be fucking killer and i want it to be special and i want it to be um we have all these different elements now bringing in bobby gustafson from overkill playing guitar with us and, so crazy yeah it's this weird you know cool kind of kind of moment now that we just want to kind of i don't know bobby's uh, I'm gonna write this record. Uh, Bobby might he, I, I, he'll play some solos on it. I don't know if he's gonna track rhythms or not. Christian's gonna play on it, but okay. uh, this, these five songs are it's kind of a statement. It's kind of awesome. This is my first writing. You know, I've done some recording since I've been out of the previous band, and this is you know this is my statement. So I I want to make it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously we're talking in your structured environment, you're talking about Machine Head, um, mm -hmm. correct? Um, is it, don't you, do you feel a lot more free? Don't you feel like, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, when, when, when I was speaking with Sean, it's kind of just like, you know, it's just, we're just doing our thing. So what's like the difference between the two um, for you? I, you know, I spent a year, it's coming up on two years I've been out of the band, 
uh, I spent a year airing, you know, not a lot of dirty laundry. There was nothing really personal. Uh, airing some things, professional things that went on. Uh, and after that, I, I don't want to come across as just, you know, just a fucking, just a whiner and still crying about the old band. And, and I don't want to do that. I want to, uh, um, stepping out of that band and stepping out of the bubble, you know, we didn't, we didn't play with any other bands for years. We didn't play any festivals. We didn't, you know, it was it, when we toured, it was three hour shows, uh, for months how at long, a time. How long were you in Machine Head? Like 16 years? About, I was a guitar player for 16 years. Officially, I would say maybe 15, 15 and a half. Well, that's but right. I was the, I was the guitar player for them since 2002. Right. And unofficially writing with them since 2002. Right. Did you write uh, um, Dirty um, Ashes of, of, of Empires at all? Yeah, I have writing credits on that record. Right, okay. Uh, I played on the record. Yes. Uh, played my solos and, you know, I, I don't want to get into that either. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, that's fine, man. No pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, played... Uh, influenced some of the some of the songs that happened and we you know when ashes came out it didn't have seasons wither on it on the american release because we weren't signed over here right there wasn't a nobody wanted to sign the band um we we're about to sign with century media or was it nuclear blast mm, it was nuclear nuclear blast i believe why wouldn't they want to sign a band like machine head at the time nobody wanted to sign us what so you yeah, we went into the we went into the studio without fuck. I don't even think that we had money to pay. <laughs> we were signing the contract, <laughs> something like that. And so we uh, we released the record overseas, toured it, and then we Roadrunner came through in America, and uh, we wrote. Uh, we had since written another song that I came up with uh, the beginning of, and was had the catalyst for Seasons Wither. So the first few riffs are mine, and then Rob took it off from there. So, right. uh, and then yeah, then then and there I'm you go. We're <laughs> open the fifteen years, yeah. three hour shows. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, we were playing a lot, and it wasn't. It, you know, at first I dug it. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I feel I and I still think the fans do dig it. I mean, if there's you know. The band's got a long catalog. Uh, yeah. The show's structured to where, you know, there are bands that I shit, I went and saw the Foo Fighters the last time they were through here. And they played almost three hours. And it was awesome, man. It was fucking awesome. They played covers. It was a good vibe. And I think that on uh, the tours we were doing, that we had that. We had guitar solos. There was acoustic numbers. There was, you know, I think that it was, as a fan, um, it just grinds on you. I'm sure. As a as a musician, um, playing that long, there were breaks. Uh, it wasn't a, a grind so much as to where as then you get on it, you start looking at the set, and you just, you know, the later I got in that, especially the last record where you're just playing songs that you just don't believe in, and you know, it just drags, and and the fans are seeing it, and it's just not, you know. I tried to cover it up and I tried to fake it and I just couldn't after a while. And as all the internal shit came together, it was just like, why am I leaving my family for this? You know, it's, it's just for the money. Am I going to do for the money? And, you know, the living was good. It was a decent, it was a decent living. Yeah. And, uh, at the end of the day, it was just, wasn't worth it. All right. Well, good for you for fucking having your priorities straight and putting your family over all the other shit, man. Good yeah. for you. That was my health too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like, like I don't know if you want to get into it, but I wasn't sleeping. I was, you know, it was just, it was just a bad relationship, man. It was just a bad relationship, and uh, it was just time to get out. And it was simple as that. There was, you know, I call it sixteen years. I mean, we played together for sixteen years, and I don't want that last two because even parts of the Catharsis record and recording, uh, there were positive moments, and. You know, I don't want that. I keep saying, and I'll say it again. I don't want that. I don't want the two percent to ruin the ninety-eight percent. That was sure. that was just fucking awesome and electric and 
cool as shit and monumental and life-defining. And, you know, I'm grateful for that time. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I've, you know, it's given me, um, I don't think that I owe everything to that band for what I have now or what I've done. I bought, I bought two houses without any machine head money. I bought all my vehicles without any machine head money. I bought all of my, I bought a business without machine head money. So it's certainly, you know, I was working construction for pretty much, you know, 90, 85% of my machine head career, I was working construction. So <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, that I owed my life to that. I right. think that I, I helped perpetuate that band. I helped that with my, you know, my contributions helped uh, perpetuate that legacy. So it's, you know, I'm not the reason why they've gone on, but it's certainly not just one person, you know, there's been three other people in that band and they all have a piece of why they're still a band. Sure. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I didn't even expect you to get that deep into it, but I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Very yeah, fucking no cool. Um, so can we just go back for a minute to shoot random thoughts or whatever? Whatever. 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 It's just fucking free for all. Um, yeah. Now you, you grew up where in the, in the Bay area? Uh, I grew up in this room, <laughs> the same house. No shit. Yeah. I, really? uh, I bought my parents house back in 2004. Dude, that's um, fucking awesome. I, I lived in this house until I was about 25. I moved out, got married, moved out of the area, out of about 10 miles away from here for about 10 years, spent 10 years away, got divorced, moved back home. Uh, problems, you know, my dad with money. <laughs> so I came home, they were losing the house, uh, stepped in, bought the house because uh, I was joining the band. So it's just like, all right, just let me keep my stuff here. It's, it's, you, it's my parents' house, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, my dad ended up passing away in 2007. Sorry. And uh, so my mom's been here. You know, it was, it was us and my sister living here for a bit. It's been the family home. Uh, met my wife in 2010. She moved up here. Uh, my, my son, who I had split custody with, moved, you know, moved up here, got custody of him. We have a family. My mom, we have two. I, you know, pretty handy. So I created two master suites. We've got, you know, it's, not a huge house. It's two thousand square feet, but right, it's enough. Is that is that like your is that like your old bedroom, like when you were a kid? This one is, yeah. That's this one fucking is. so heavy, bro. It's it is. It's great. It's great. Yeah, so man. The the, uh, the garage, my dad and I made into a jam room when I was in high school. So the band would practice out the garage, and it was sealed up, you know. And and then we ended up making it into my room. So in high school, it was, my, it was my bedroom, and I had a parachute hanging from the ceiling, and I was it's fucking <laughs> rad. And so when I moved back home, I'm, and my girl works, lives up here, then we made, uh, I made a bathroom out of the pantry. So now there's a, there's a whole full bathroom out there, and it's, it's totally separated. It's, you're going to take care of my mom, just turned 80. She'll be 81 in a couple months. Wow, God bless her. Yeah, so we're... Uh, it's it's crazy to see the the property value just skyrocket in the area. So it turned out to be a good investment. Yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. So now the the, the whole point of why I was like, yeah, let's go back. I was just gonna start talking about like getting getting the band together. And I mean, you were let's talk about violence. You were on like the from the first demo to the to the end, and then the whole yeah. thing, right everything. The I first, was in the band before it was violence. We were called Death Penalty when I first Death joined. Penalty, sure. And um, we did, I want to say we did one party or something like that. It was my senior year in high school in 85. And then uh, Perry wanted to work. Oh, we're called violence now, man. You know? And <laughs> so, okay, Perry. So June 1st, two, in 1985 was our first show was violence. Awesome. So, yeah, so, the, so you guys put out two demos in 86 and then a rough demo in 88, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You don't even know? All right. We, well, did, we did a, we recorded a studio demo in 86. Right. Uh, like a, a rehearsal demo that we did with right. the first secretary Burr on it. 
in 88, we did a mechanic, we did a demo for Mechanic Records. Mechanic Records. They, they did a giveaway for that we went, it was kind of a pre-production demo that we did, have paraplegic on it, and yeah. with the trial run with the engineer that we used, John Conoverte. So that was, they gave away for free. You'd be like, called up a phone number and like MCA will send you a demo or something like that. So awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Different times, but that's fucking awesome. I love all that old shit. Tape trading and stuff like that. Just getting a magazine and putting like cash in an envelope and mailing it <laughs> to like fucking Germany and getting like yeah. some weird, obscure thrash death metal slash death metal <laughs> demo tape from some band yeah. that never made anything. But then three, like, Three weeks later, I would get this big envelope with like a half a book of friggin' stamps on it, and written in hieroglyphics. I'm like, oh shit! And, and six God. bucks. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> shit. So at the mechanic, and then they orig- did they originally put out Eternal? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then entered Johnny Z, right? Yeah. We uh, won it off the label, Steve Sinclair. Uh, had different ideas for us. He just wanted to change us a little bit. And then, so we wanted off the label. Uh, we knew Metal Maria, who was at Megaforce, who was good friends with our manager, Debbie. And so we signed with Megaforce, recorded the record, fired Debbie. Uh, and that was just... <laughs> bad. <laughs> that ended, that ended our career right there. We were, she was, she was the industry's darling and we fired her. And so we were dropped by our booking agent, who was her friend, and all these people that, you know, oh. we did we did one headlining tour for that record, and that was it. We're done. Firing Debbie ended our career. You did one headlining tour on Oppressing the Masses. Right, with Defiance. And that's it. And we did, like, uh, a motorhome. We started a tour in Florida from another stupid manager we had, and the... the Motorhome broke down after a show or two, and we ended up riding Greyhound all the way home, and that's it. We did a couple like one-offs. We played with Prong and Flotsam and um, in Arizona, and but not a lot. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, also coming from the perspective of a you know, 14, 15 year old kid watching MTV and the world and a world video and all this, you know, mega force records. I mean. I mean, who? I mean, Metallica was signed to Megaforce Records. I mean, all these other bands were Megaforce Records. You're on MTV, so I would think. Obviously, I was naive. I don't know who the hell knew, but I'm just like a stupid kid with a mullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm watching this, so I'm like, you know, like not. I didn't think that you guys were like fucking living in palaces, but I didn't think that you guys only did one headlining tour. That's crazy. And on Eternal, we did two U.S. tours, so we only toured three times as a band. Yeah, we toured Testament, toured with Voivod, and then we toured with Defiance, and that's it. Fucking love Voivod, man. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that was a horrible tour for us. It wasn't well attended, and their fans didn't get us. And, you know, we came off this Testament tour in June, in July, August, and they, it was New Order tour. They killed it. Testament fucking killed ah. it. And we, were, and we did awesome because we were, we were direct support for a bit. And, uh, so we, we were coming right back around in November, December. We're just like, fuck, we just killed it. We're going to be, at, you know, we got all these fans all over. There. And then we found out, oh, shit. You know, yeah, that was Testament's crowd. Man. All right. Reality fucking hits home. <laughs> yeah. Four years later, same venues and just like, oh, what the hell happened? Yeah. So I, think that the, I think that people with the, you know, with the internet are seeing different stuff. I think that, you know, if everybody loved us back then, as they say that they do now, then we would maybe there wouldn't have been another band. Maybe it was just going to be, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I know, I mean, from, from just being a fan, like I can't wait for the new violence record. And I think Sean even mentioned it when I was bullshitting with him, you know, he even said, I think that as a, as a band, I think you all collectively realize that, there's pretty big expectations from your little cult following because the people yeah. that love violence fucking love violence. Yeah. It's they're the, like, you know, uh, yeah, we're not a normal like, group. Like, they're like Oakland Raider fans. Yeah, not a normal group of people. Bank player fans. They're pretty loyal. They're just like, you know, oh, fucking yeah. yeah how, <laughs> how is that shit, man? It was like, it was the final, the final European tour or something. You got asked fucking filling for Gary. 
Uh, I think, was it the final? Yeah, it was the final year. Was it the last one? I think so. Oh, yeah, one, they, it was the final tour. I don't know if it was the final leg or it was. It I was mean, the it end was, of the scene. And I think they did shows through. Ah, shit. I don't remember, man. But yeah, I, it was. I, it was like 2018. Yeah, I did. It was the last Machine Head show on a Saturday. I got a text from Carrie on the Sunday. And uh, on Monday, I went to go pick up all my gear from Machine Head because we got a divorce, you know, so I'm grabbing my gear. And then on Tuesday, I'm on a flight out to Germany learning 19 Slayer songs. And uh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really, it was really cool. It was pretty, um, fuck, I don't know how to describe what it was exciting because I felt pretty confident. I didn't feel too overwhelmed in the fact that I felt I had time and I was, because some of the songs I hadn't heard before and I was totally unfamiliar with. So it was all immersion, you know, just listening over and over and over again. You know, intro, first verse. Okay, start it over. Intro, first verse, first chorus. Okay, start it over again. Intro, first verse, right. second. You know, try to guess where things are because I didn't have a guitar. <laughs> I get I get to Munich and my guitars don't show up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Hey, And I don't. And Carrie's got a guitar, but it's in the wrong tuning. So I'm like, I'm learning all these things and transposing and playing them on the guitar and trying to find the fingering out. And it was all these, you know, things stacked up against me. And, uh, it was, it was quite a challenge and the dudes were super accommodating and super grateful. And everybody on the tour, when I got there, the anthrax and Lamb of God and obituary dudes and the crew were just like fucking super stoked to see me. And, uh, and Gary was, was, you know, I felt super horrible for him because I, you know, it, his father was was dying and coming home in 2007 i had the same thing happen i except for my dad passed away while i was on tour so i had to leave towards the end of a tour to come home and take care of the family and um so the guys from trivium and dragon force and arch enemy all chipped in and and took my place while i was gone for some shows wow that's awesome so it's insane so it's it's almost so that's 2018 so it's almost 11 years to the day so 11 years to the day, I'm out on tour with Slayer doing the same thing that, you know, those guys did for me back in the day. And the last show I came back to Machine Head was, I came back for the last show and it's at the Ice Hall in Helsinki. And that's where the last show for Slayer is of the last show of their tours. <laughs> the same venue, you know, almost 11 years to the day. It was like two days later, I want to say. Wow. So it's all these emotions and all this craziness happening. And, you know, it was such a cool, you know, such a cool and special thing to be a part of with, you know, Slayer is the reason why I play heavy music, man. You know, seeing them play back in 84 for the first time and getting Show No Mercy and having that be the reason why I want to play heavy music and, you know, pattering a lot of early violence over Slayer's you know and, yeah. and, and my first show first or second show was on the anniversary the 35th anniversary of show no mercy coming out you know <laughs> so it's like all these like i was just and i was just a machine head you know like five days previous you know and right like this whole world had just fucking opened up and like you know i had a lot of questions about if i'm good enough to even be in a band and you know just all these uh well, well, I mean, listen, Carrie fucking texted you. That's got to be a pretty cool honor, man. Yeah, absolutely. It shows you, like, oh man, you want to come? Then, right? Yeah, but yeah, it was it was pretty awesome to feel, you know, that hey, you are, you know, you are worthy. You have you have this, you know, this quality that that you know you are a, you can play in a pro level band. Sure. Uh, after being told that I wasn't, you know, uh. so. You know, thank yeah. you, Slayer. Yeah, fuck thank yeah, man. Thank you, Slayer, for <laughs> everything that they've done, man. It's fucking amazing. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Fuck. So, where the fuck do we go from here? Um, the new Violence record, do you have any idea when it's coming out? No, no, you know, we just did this uh, this video, and we're going to do this single, which is actually going to be a beat part of the EP. We're going to do five original songs 
this cover is going to be like a b-side or a special edition or something uh the that's so what that, we don't that know video what is, gonna be, is gonna be the b-side special yes yeah so we're uh, the name are you no, no, no. <laughs> Figure, listen, let me run up the flagpole, see if he's saluted. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we are, we're going to go in when we're ready. We're about three songs done. We've got a couple, one to finalize, two more to write, and we'll go in when we're ready. You know, we've got playing with some dudes who haven't been in a band in a long time, you know, so we need to, and myself, and, you know, we want to, we want to have these songs super tight. We want to be, you know, nuts on every little piece and have it be exactly what we want it to be. Yeah. I see us recording probably within the next couple months, okay. uh, putting it out maybe, you know, second quarter next year. I don't know. Any work in titles? Um, did Sean give you any? No. But this is also know. like, this is also like, th th like three months ago, at least I, I recorded with Sean. So, yeah, that's, uh, I kind of live that in his department. I'll let okay. him. I'll let him leak that. He's he's uh, <laughs> John's got a new lease on life. So Dude, uh, yeah, fucking. Let's <laughs> talk about a fucking warrior, man. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Stage diving after like like what's what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like yo, uh, he's feeling it. He's we did. I was going up to Sacramento to see, uh, uh, I love the band Shine Down, you know, so I was going up to go see those guys. I stopped by, I made a surprise visit on the way there to his house and he was out front and I, I stopped cold in my tracks when I saw him. He had, his belly was just totally distended and just swollen out and he, he looked like my grandfather, you know, and it's just like, holy, and he, he was, he was just like moving like an old guy, you know, it's just like, holy shit, what, you know, yeah. he had kept it kind of under wraps, you know, and uh, so I, we kind of kept in touch and he had told me that he needed a, a, a transplant. I organized a, a golf tournament, uh, me and Ray Vegas, uh, organized a golf tournament for him and gathered up a bunch of cool prizes and we, we put on this rad event and raised a shit ton of money for him and you know at that event it was in september i was like fuck i don't know if i'm ever gonna see him again you know like i this if i i wouldn't be surprised if i didn't see him again right. and we go on tour uh and then um no not suit was it 17 really no he gets the yeah so he gets the he gets the uh the surgery so that that's that's 17 it turns into 18 he's recuperating recuperating through the year he's got some problems you know he's got pneumonia he's got all these things going on throughout the year uh, i quit in september of that year i do this last tour with everybody and then uh january i get it was after i got back from the slayer thing and i get a text from him to say hey you want to do some shows <laughs> <I'm> like, what <laughs> like i'm all like violence you know and so yeah uh, it's like are you sure are you you know and i wanted to make sure that it was you know the thrash the titans lineup that we had with ray and and dean and perry and make sure that it, you know that's what we were talking about and everybody was on board and so it just blew up unbelievable blew up. he got he's been taking care of himself and getting healthy and you know getting stronger and you know the the vocals he recorded for this this cover that we just did are fucking magical, dude. They're they're so fucking cool. There's this quality and this you feel that you know crazy, pissed off you know Irishman and I dig it. I dig. It. I feel like okay, you're gonna dig this. It's it's really fucking cool. Awesome! I can't wait to fucking hear it, man. I can't wait. Let's touch on torque real quick, if you don't mind. And then I'll stop holding you hostage. No worries. Torque. Torque. Uh, so we were, you know, violence after firing Debbie, we really didn't do anything. We were still drawn in the Bay Area. We kind of milked that and played local shows. Uh, Perry quit. Uh, he was, was going to jam with Bobby Gustafson and Billy Milano, you know, and they had a thing going. So him and Bobby go way back. Yeah. So that, that connection is. Perry's, um, Bobby's been Perry's boy for, you know, a long time. So Perry quit. Uh, that was after, well, Rob quit first. And then 
then when Sean quit in 94, we had recorded these three songs and uh, they were kind of down tuned, you know, and, uh, uh, a little bit more grooving, you know, it was, that was biohazard. The whole thing was fucking popping off, you know, sure. so, uh, yeah. uh, he had recorded. So we, you know, we decided to go on and I was going to sing. And so it was just that lineup of uh, Mark Hernandez who replaced Perry, Ray Vegas, Dean, and then me on vocals. I recorded Sean's vocals. We recorded the vocals, put the demo out, and we did pretty good. You know, we, we, we did good. Locally, ended up putting out a record on Mascot Records and did the Dynamo Festival. And, you know, it was, it was a cool local thing. It never really got on big. Uh, had some cool songs. I enjoyed playing with the dudes. Yeah. Um, but then, but it didn't, didn't, it, didn't it get re-released? It did. It did. Yeah, I did that a few years ago. Yeah. So it's just like I had some demo songs, and I saw that the original Torque wasn't even available on. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't available on iTunes or Spotify or anything. So it's like, man, I got to get that up. You know, I got to get sure. that. Get that up. You know, so Mascot did a re-release, which was pretty cool, and I wrote some some liner notes. And, uh, it was good to have that up. Yeah. So after that, I quit music for a couple of years and. Uh, was married and was playing basketball and golf and you know snowboarding <laughs> until Sean comes back from the dead and wants to play a violent show again. No, then I started playing with a band called Technocracy. There's ah, a, that's right, fucking this, stupid me. Yeah, this guy, uh, um, Steve Machado, and this is a record I want to get re released too. Uh, he had the pro, it was 99, you know, Slipknot had just popped off and uh. All the sequencing was happening. He had a Pro Tools rig, and he wanted me to write some riffs that he could layer on. And uh, he got a, a a digital drum kit, so we got Mark on the drums. My buddy Shaq, we we're doing. We we're kind of like, kind of Fear Factory meets Tool. You know, there's this. He was a great singer. We had some really good melodic songs, and still kind of heavy. And uh, we did that for a bit, and then the Thrash of the Titans happened for Chuck and testament and then all the bands got back together exodus and testament and uh, not not testament but death angel and forbidden and all these bands got back together anthrax came over sob played you know and so yeah uh, violence got back together for that and just destroyed it, it was crazy it was, up, man. it was awesome people dug it and we did a little reunion for a bit and uh it was fun people were into it we're gonna write a record and then, uh, then the thing happened with Machine Head, man. And you know, I was supposed to write a record, and then that got. Uh, I was told that I couldn't do that, so that never happened. It's funny that I was. I'm, I'm looking back at these songs, and watching some videos, and it's like, yeah, we're going to be recording, and so, oh yeah, we were gonna, we were gonna do a record. All right. <laughs> Got down. Crazy. Yeah, you mentioned Billy Milano. That's me. I just recently saw them, and you, you touched on um, Obituary real quick. I, it was like my last show that I saw was at a small club called St. Vitus in Brooklyn, which is Obituary, right. in a small room. Fucking crazy. Obituary. Awesome. Obituary, yeah. Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, I have my 30 years oh, there you go. OD shirt. Yeah, Billy Milano. Those guys were great, man. When I, when I came out to that tour, I didn't know them all that well. But they were like Kenny Andrews, the guitar player, was a, uh, a guitar tech for Trivium for a while. So, and we did a lot of touring with them. And he was just a fucking sweetheart of a dude. And this, were, they were like, they were my my cheerleading squad, man. They were up front, just yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I I think that I think one of them or him and John Campbell came back, you know, like a report, like my first show. They came back. It's his first show, and he's <laughs> in the crowd. You know, they were just. <laughs> They were just so happy, and it was just really fucking cool to feel that genuine, you know, bro, yeah. bro, down. serious man. Those the obituary guys are, are class dudes, you know. Yeah, Love they were fucking great, man. It was like cause of death anniversary complete, plus like ten other songs besides that whole record. Oh, right, right on. Oh my god, man! It was just awesome. incredible, incredible. That's like another record, cause of death. It's like that whole time frame like you just mentioned forbidden and exodus like that whole practice what you preach the new order like that whole thing is like the soundtrack to my mid-teenage life man and i still listen to that shit oh that's cool man that's cool. a lot of quality stuff. good time for metal oh without a doubt man without a fucking doubt now i will ask you because i have to 
at the end of this, like this will this will go up just as it is on YouTube. And I just I put I put it raw on the Facebook group. Um, sure. I, but it will also go up as an audio everywhere you listen to a podcast. And I put on my little intro in the beginning. And I have to ask you to end with a song of your choice, preferably a violent song. But I could put two if you want. I could put a violent song and a BPMD song if you want. No, that's cool. So, uh, but it's but it's your choice. And Sean told me that I I had to pick it, so I picked "Calling in the Corner" because that was my introduction. So I will just set one rule: you cannot pick that song. All right. Well, that's the only song I didn't write on that record. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. So that's out anyway. Awesome song. Great uh, song. I I like TDS. Play TDS. You got it. Absolutely. And how about a BPMD song? BPMD. Let's do. Uh, I'll do one of my choices on there. Let's do a Tattoo Vampire by Blue Oyster Cole. Sick. Because Buck Dharma, who's from Long Island, he's a New Yorker. Yeah. He played on the song. Very he wrote cool. the song and he actually played on the record. Nice. There you go. There you go. Now, you want to put out all your social media bullshits and all that? I don't have to do that, man. No? I mean... Just, just, just fucking type in Phil Demel. I'm, I'm at, at Phil Demel on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm at Demolition MH because I'll they'll take away my badge if I if I change they it. Will. I will always be, you know what? I will always have that in my blood. Machine Head will always be a part of me. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that. People uh, they ask me, dude, can I, can I can I wear the jacket or can I? It's like, of course, man. man. You know, I don't be, I'm not ashamed of any of that. You know, it's I'm proud of being. You know, you did amazing shit. Man. You've been a bunch of guys for 15 years. Yeah, I helped that band be what it is. I'm not the reason, but I definitely helped. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yep, that's it. Well, dude, I know that we were going back and forth. I know you're busy. You know, time, life happens. But I'm so glad glad that we were able to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your, your whole fucking musical career. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. And thank you so much, yeah. man. I'll, def- I'll, def- I'll definitely be in touch. And hey, I you, wait. you know what you have to do? You, what? you have to come to the show the next time we play in your town. I will be there, like I said earlier, with a shit-eating grin on my face. Don't be a pussy and not come I, to our show. Absolutely not. I'll be in the middle of it. 100%. Probably. All right. All Dude, right. Thank you good. so much, bro. Yeah, be good. See you soon. Good, brother. Later.